What I want to bring out to you guys today is the understanding of why we're, is we're doing what we're doing, right? Because if you look at what BJ talks about here in this inner power speaks, except for the mentioning the word chiropractors up there and mentioning the word chiropractic here, there really isn't anything about chiropractic in it, right? This is really about changing lives, yeah? So, so yesterday a mama brings in her kid who's in middle school as she's suffering from anxiety and depression, right? That's not back pain, right? Now, and she says, are you going to treat my kid's anxiety or back pain? Are you going to fix it? And what's my answer? My answer is no, I don't fix anxiety and back pain, headaches, asthma, autism. I don't fix any of those things. That's not what I do. What do I do? I correct subluxations and I make sure that the nerve interference is minimized to maximize this kid's potential. That's what I do. You can't say to anybody, I'm going to fix your back pain because you don't know if you're going to fix your back pain. Someone says, yeah, I have a back pain. Can you, can you, like, you crack my back. Is that going to make it better? Uh, I don't know. Well, but you're going to work on my back. Yeah, I might work on the back, but that's not what I'm doing, right? That's my entry in. It's my point of start, but it is not the thing that chiropractic does. But we've gotten very stuck on talking to people about back pain because it's so easy to say, I put my hands like this on your back and that area right here makes, it feels better. So that's what I do, right? But that's not what you do. That, that's a, a, almost a side effect of what we do. What we do is we change lives. You know, uh, on Monday, new patient, a child with autism, minimally speaking, comes in, he's really anxious. This is his first adjustment, he's really anxious. He's, flipping around like this, that's very typical of, of these kind of kids. Um, and I, I'm talking to the dad, explaining chiropractic to him, and I'm giving him some, some sensory toys for him to play, so he's playing some sensory toys. And now it's his turn, and do we force the child to lie face down on the bench? You know, do you think a child with, who's minimally speaking, who is doing this sort of you know, stimming behavior, you think he's gonna be okay to go face down without a struggle? No. So we sit him on dad's lap and he said, how are you going to adjust it? Because he's been into paragraph before. How are you going to adjust it? I said, don't worry. We've, this is easy. I said, You're just, we're going to adjust him where he is. I'm not going to adjust him where I want him to be, chiropractically speaking. There's a bench. There's the face. Put your face down on the bench. Right? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, you know what? When you're ready to get down on the bench, that's fine. Right now, you can sit on dad's lap. I don't care if you're 10 years old. You can sit on dad's lap. And he's still flipping like this, and dad is holding him, and I'm massaging his hands, and I'm speaking really slow to him, and really saying, you're doing great, you're doing great, everything's going to be okay. And by the end now, he's smiling, and he's happy, he gives me a high five, right? It's all a mindset, because I'm not looking, I'm not looking for what in the, in the health community is called a deliverable. A deliverable means I have to do a thrust, crunch, 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 and this is what you expect, right? And you expect the person to get up and feel better. That's a deliverable. I'm not doing deliverables. I'm doing potential, right? I want to see things change. And to change a pattern is going to take a long time, just the same way that if you put braces on teeth, when you walk out the dentist office or the doctor's office, they ain't going to be different, except for the fact a whole bunch of metal on your face. But they're not different. It takes time to change a pattern. Even back pain, it takes time to change that pattern of that person being used to, well, my hips are high like this, and my shoulders are high like this, and my spine is high 
hypomordotic like this, and my L5 is swish like this. Well, it takes time to shift it into that. We have to teach our patients it's all about patterns and shifting patterns. It's not about back pain. It's not about cracking. We have to educate. It's our choice to educate. It's our choice to teach them about how the brain and the nervous system works and what do we do about that. Here's a perfect example of how it didn't happen. So I read this article here in Wired magazine. She was missing a chunk of her brain. It didn't matter. A woman grew up without her left temporal lobe, which highlights how amazingly plastic the brain is. So I'll scroll down. This is a pretty recent article. I'll scroll down the part I highlighted here. Hopefully it's saved when I did this. No, it did not. Okay. So it is... Okay, here. So... Um, So listen to this. So she, she grows up, this woman, without a left temporal lobe. What do you think, if you just know the brain anatomy, what do you think would be a big problem with this person with a left temporal lobe missing? Memory, well, maybe. But something bigger. What's another really big thing that's in the left temporal lobe? How about language? Right? How about, you know, those kind of areas in the temporal lobe? So she grows, but she's got no idea. She's, she gets a master's. She gets a master's in something, she's very smart, she's very bright, she's got a little couple of quirky things, odd things, but nothing is horrifying, but she goes in for some other reason, I can't remember what it was, and they do an MRI of her, and they find that she's missing her temporal lobe. You can see it in this picture over here. She's missing her whole temporal lobe, right? So uh, she's up in the Boston area, so she goes, so there's people like, wow, this is amazing, right? You should go, like, study, I'll study your brain, you should go to MIT. Right, MIT's right here, study, study your brain. So she goes to MIT, listen to what the doctors tell her. <clears throat> uh, over the years, she says, doctors repeatedly told her that her brain doesn't make sense. One doctor told her she should have seizures or she shouldn't have a good vocabulary, and he was annoyed that I did. They made so many pronouncements and conclusions without any investigation whatsoever. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? And this is exactly like in my brain saying like, okay, you got a child on the spectrum, you're sitting there flapping and lie him down, you hold on to his head, you hold on to his feet, let me just push these things, because this is how it's supposed to be, right? Chiropractic says there's a bench, you lie on it, right? The temporal lobe missing says you shouldn't speak, you shouldn't have good vocabulary. So could you imagine, this is just like, like when people, I don't know if you ever realize this, the Wright brothers in like 1902 when they flew the first airplane. Do you know there are people that watched the airplane fly and said this didn't fly? There are, there are people from the bank, they were trying to finance from the bank, and they watched the airplane go in the air and they said, we want you to finance this. You can see we have some amazing potential. Like, well, that couldn't happen because it's too heavy. You can't fly, only a bird can fly. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We were just in the air, did you see that? Yes. So. Don't you think that we can do this? Well, no, because it's not possible, right? Well, you shouldn't have a master's and have good vocabulary because you're missing your left temporal lobe, right? You shouldn't, so it can't be. Could you imagine people, and that was in 1802. This is 2022. How do you be so ignorant to say to someone who has a master's, who is obviously quite capable that you, could, you should, this is not, you, you shouldn't have it, and to be mad about it, like, oh, this is really upsetting me because I know the temporal lobe, and the temporal lobe says you're supposed to, that's where the center of all speech is, right? 
So I look at this kind of stuff and I say, this to me is a missing link in healthcare. We are not what I call, I call it polyvagal informed. In other words, we have to understand that the vagus nerve is this, the nerve of social engagement. And we look at things instead of saying, how can I understand and be of service? We look at things saying, this is the way it's supposed to be, right? Most chiropractors think that just because there's a bench and everybody, most people lie down the bench to get adjusted, but that's the way everybody has to get adjusted. Why can't you make exceptions when exceptions occur? If this woman comes in without a temporal lobe, why can't there be exception that somehow, because she didn't have a temporal lobe when she was born, that her right temporal lobe is doing now the work of the left temporal lobe? Why isn't that possible? And that's what I want you guys to start really thinking about <coughs> as we go along this quarter, is I want you guys to realize there's a lot more possibility out there than you can possibly imagine, right? The brain is an unbelievable resource that we need to tap into. And I have seen these kids, the, these kids, who, we have this one boy that you guys all saw talking about last week, and several palsy. I first started seeing him, he was crushed up at five years old, not walking, not walking. Crushed up like this in a wall, just down like this. He'd been to physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy for four years with pretty much no change. In several months, this kid is now rolling, his hands are open, he's looking me right in the eyes. In several months worth of adjustments. Why? Because the brain is plastic. That's what this whole article is talking about. The brain has this amazing neuroplasticity that we, as chiropractors, can tap into. But here's the key. You've got to give it a chance. If you do the typical chiropractic thing like, well, okay, so this kid with cerebral palsy, that child on the spectrum, whatever, we got to see him by a minute, three times a week per month, twice a week per month, then once a week per month, and then we'll do a re-exam, and then we'll see how it goes. Or whatever the ridiculous scenarios are out there, that's not even partially sufficient to change patterns. Right? The more severe the issue, the longer it's going to take to change the pattern. But change is possible. Now, how much change? I don't know. I've seen kids who are on the spectrum who are now talking, and they were generally speaking before. I've seen kids who are not walking. Five-year-olds, six-year-olds like this boy, who are not walking, and now can walk. I have seen it. But it takes time, and it takes like the, the constant Input, 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 right? Neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity means that you have to evoke frequency, intensity, and duration. Frequency, intensity, and duration. Frequency means it's got to be done often, right? The adjustments. What, what is neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity is a new novel input. A new novel input put into the, into the body to change the brain frequently enough. That's the beginning of neuroplasticity is frequency. Intensity does not mean force. It doesn't mean you have to pound someone really, really hard. What it means is focus. How focused is your adjustment? Can you focus on that atlas? Can you focus on that sacrum? Can you focus on that cranium and have a very focused, deliberate, specific adjustment? Not a firm, intense adjustment. It's not being forceful. It just has to be focused. <clears throat> frequency, intensity, duration. I'm not doing it long enough. Right? I got, yes, miracles can happen. I, I read about the miracles and I've seen the miracles with one or two adjustments and things change. That's a lovely thing. That's not usual. Right? That's outside the norm. The norm usually is it takes time. Right? Principle number six of the 33 principles takes time. 
So what, what I want you to, to, to take home from this concept <coughs> is studying the brain and how amazing the brain is. To me, that is where I feel like everything we're talking about pediatrics, really it all is boiling down to can we maximize that kid's brain? The kid comes in yesterday who had tonsillitis, 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 tonsillitis. Do you think we need to have his tonsils out? My goal is, I have no idea. I, mean, I don't know, I'm not, this, I'm not a pediatrician, I'm not an ENT, a surgeon, I don't know. But I do know one thing, his immune system shot. What controls his immune system? The brain, right? It all boils down to the brain. Everything boils down to the brain, even back pain. Right? So the reason someone has that whiplash as an example. I had someone come in uh, uh, last week, and I had his first adjustment yesterday, and he had whiplash when he was like 16 or 17, and now he's 20 years old. <clears throat> now does he have a lot of back pain, he also has depression. That's when the depression started. He said around, uh, I guess it was like 2018, I said, what else happened in 2018? He said, the car accident. I said, interesting. So. When was the car accident? I can't remember if it was like May. Let's it was May of 2018. And when's the depression study? He said, it's like that summer. I said, do you think there might be a correlation? He said, I never thought of it like that. Right? Because so even the pain that started at, you know, with this whiplash, right? All that pain, all that irritation. When you're in a whiplash accident, your body has like this, it clicks into this, this injured position and it doesn't get out of it. And adjustments will help that person get out of it, but maybe it'll also help relieve the stress and tension in his body, and maybe he will have <coughs> less of these depressive symptoms. Now, is that my goal? Can I write that as a goal, less depression? No, I have no idea. That's not my goal. But it makes sense. If something started here, and there's this causative factor, by reducing that cause, right, maybe this person will feel better. Wouldn't that be lovely? And not just feel better physically but feel better emotionally because the whole body is working better. Because the brain and the body are no longer disconnected, right? And that's what I want you guys to really get at. When you look at the possibilities of what is possible out there, it is anything is possible, but make sure you're speaking the right language. 